Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. Hello, Safety Warriors. How are you? This is Jason with the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. As you know, where we talk about anything safety management, safety, organizational behavior, and those things that can help us understand and perform our jobs just a little bit better. Today's topic, I'm going to go back to some of the safety management principles, but partly for a selfish reason or a self-serving reason, because we got some new features coming out in the Baldwin software. If you're not a client, don't feel left out. You can always jump on in and be a Baldwin software client. I'm excited for these enhancements. We'll call them to our safety performance monitoring and measurement module. That is a mouthful. We need to come up with a shorter, clever name for that, I think. Maybe we'll call it the Spyinator. I don't know. But for our safety performance monitoring and measurement module, like I said, we have some cool things coming. Really looking forward to it. And one of the things that we have coming that I want to start with and talk about today is the designation of alert levels or triggers, as you might know them. Now, that's something I think in the, in the industry, we've been working hard to wrap our heads around just SPIs in general, the thought of measuring against objectives to see if we're doing what we say we're going to do and we're achieving what we say we're going to achieve. And then the idea of monitoring and monitoring being the the idea where you're, you're just, you're watching the performance of a risk control. And, and I always like to give the analogy of gauges in the cockpit. If you're one of the flying people or if you're not a flying person, gauges in your car, it doesn't really matter. But you have an oil pressure gauge, oil temperature gauge, engine temperature gauge, the aircraft ITT, N1, N2, all those kind of things. And those are gauges that are showing data that's monitoring the performance of a certain element of the system. But what in our system that we call our organization and in our safety systems, we, we like to also monitor risk controls to make sure that they're working right. Because think about it. We created this risk control with the intent of reducing the probability and or severity of a possible consequence. And we can't just throw it into the mix and hope it works. We need to measure these risk controls to make sure that they are effective, that they're not breaking down or they're not going haywire as it may be. And so that's the idea of monitoring. And when we're monitoring, we have a couple things going on. We have a reference level, okay? So it's not a target per se because the target, and some of you may crucify me for this, but the target to me falls more along with measurement. And that's how IKO describes it and to some extent, <laughs> this is a stretch, the FAA. But the target is something you're trying to achieve. You are doing things, you are implementing things, buying things, creating things, training on things to move the data to a certain level. You're, you're at a place you don't want to be and you're trying to get to a place that you do want to be. And to me, that explains a target. And in our vernacular, it's SPT or safety performance target. And obviously, you're measuring against that target to make sure that you're actually getting there. How discouraging that be? We got this target and what if the data were going the other way? Holy smokes, we're not, whatever we're doing, it's not working. It's not right. But I want to get into the idea of monitoring. Monitoring is a little bit different idea. We don't have a target per se that we're trying to achieve. And I want to be careful with this. We have a reference level of where we expect the data to be. So let's go back to the analogy of your car gauge, right? Let's take, for example, engine temperature. 
You'll notice if you look at the gauge, you may have what's called a normal zone, or if you use colors, green zone, and then you may have a yellow and you may have a red. And the green zone, as it were, is what's expected, is what's normal performance. When we look at risk controls, we have to look at what's expected or what we consider normal performance. Now, we have to be careful, and there's a great article by Stephen Schrock about, it's called Never Zero. If we say we're monitoring unstable approaches, that seems to be a popular one. Here's a good exercise. What risk control are we monitoring when we monitor unstable approaches? We're monitoring any risk control that has to deal with mitigating the probability of that unstable approach happening. And we won't get into high probability, low consequence, which that one is, versus low probability, high consequence. But we're monitoring the risk controls associated with the unstable approach. We can't say that our reference level, or it would be dangerous to say that our reference level is zero because one, we're human. Two, we don't have full control as an organization over performance out there on the front line. Unless you're the only person in that organization and you say you want to have an unstable approach and do one, that would be ridiculous. But on any given day, an unstable approach could happen due to ATC. It could happen due to you just even having a bad day, you're off. Or maybe the unstable approach criteria, the risk control is not appropriate. And that's what monitoring would tell us. So we have to be careful when we set those reference levels. Maybe we want to say our reference level (coughs) is anything at or below one per 100 flight hours or two a month, depending on how you're measuring. And we get into rates the next talk. So yes, we had another SPI talk. Totally stoked about that. So you have this reference level, right? That's expected, kind of the green arc. And you're just humming along, watching the data. And and the data may oscillate around that green line, if you will, that reference line, which we have in the Baldwin system. And if anybody wants a tutorial on that, I'm more than happy to do that. But you watch the data, but you have to, at a point, need to know, okay, this is no longer normal. The control is failing. The control is breaking down. Just like in your engine. So your water pump is going or you're low on oil or whatever it may be. You need to know when that's happening through the monitoring. And that is where alert levels come in. And an alert level, or also called a trigger, is another line, and think of it like your yellow or red arc on your gauge, that lets you know something's no bueno here. Something's not good, we need to investigate. And I'll get to that in a second. But that alert level itself is for that reason of allowing you to say, this is not normal, we need to take action. And I am super excited that's going to be implemented into our SPI graphs. You might be wondering, it's not a very new idea. How come we haven't done it sooner? Great question. And that's because we have been working hard to align the SPI, the Performance Monitoring and Measurement feature in general, with ICAO, ISBEO, and the FAA. And we've been working to simplify it and make it look prettier. That's been a lot of work. My hat goes off to our dev team, who is absolutely phenomenal. But enough about the Baldwin tool, because again, that's very self-serving on my part. But yes, the alert level will be added. Now, with any system you're using, uh, even if you're using Microsoft Excel, it's good to have that alert level. And what that does is if the data cross into that region or go above that line or into the red zone, if you will, that allows you to say, wait a second, something's not right. We need to do something. And ideally, because you're not sitting there looking at the graph day in and day out, ideally, it would be nice, like an idiot light or a master caution in the cockpit, it would be really nice if the system let you know you just crossed into that area 
you gotta do something. That would be awesome. And okay, here's another self-serving mark, the Baldwin system. We'll do that, but okay, we're getting away from the Baldwin system. But it'd be nice to let you know so that you don't allow that control to run in a degraded state for a very long time. So it would be ideal if you had notification as well when you transgressed into that region. Now, so let's get to the question. What the heck do I set my alert level to? Awesome question. Glad you asked. There are a couple of ways that we can do this. The alert levels, now if we read the ICAO literature, and I think it's in FAA 12092B, as far as setting alert levels, I have to go back and look, but they recommend using the standard deviation method. And the standard deviation is basically the average variance per data point. You can look up the equation, Excel can run standard deviation. And generally speaking, we like to do maybe two standard deviations out two standard deviations from the reference line, and the reference line could actually be your mean, and the standard deviation, two standard deviations out, is sometimes a good way of setting your reference level. Three standard deviations, that might be a little extreme because that describes about what 99.1% of your data lies below that. I wouldn't go three standard deviations, I go two standard deviations. But the thing with standard deviation is one, you have to have a good amount of measurements because especially when we're first measuring, our measurements may be all over the map, right? One one month you may have one, the next month you may have six, and the next month you have two. Who knows? And, and just from those three measurements, your standard deviation is going to be whacked. And so sometimes it's standard deviation is the most robust method of doing this. But sometimes just to get started, we have to be, (laughs) this is going to sound horrible, but we have to be subjective. So let's say we're looking at a certain event and the reference line is at, if we're looking at quantity two or less per month, or if we're looking at rate, maybe less than one per 1,000 flight hours, whatever. But let's say your reference line is there. Now we have to say, okay, what about our alert level? Let's think about that. What in your mind in the organization would an abnormal rate of events or a normal number of events look like and set your alert level there and then watch the data. If you have continuously pinging into that alert level and what otherwise would be considered normal, those would be considered false positives and you could move your alert level to what's more realistic for your organization or other way around. If you have false negatives, then you maybe want to move the alert level back down. I'm not a big fan of arbitrary or subjectiveness, but we have to start somewhere. We do. And so don't feel badly about that at all. But I do encourage you that once you get a good amount of data, maybe over a year, and I know smaller organizations, and we've talked about it, other things you can measure to cast a wider net, but I know smaller organizations do struggle with quantity of data. So it may be more than a year, but when you get a good amount of data, into your system, then I would go ahead and calculate the standard deviation. Obviously, you'll start with a mean, calculate the standard deviation from the mean, and then establish your alert level based on two standard deviations. That would probably be the most robust. So anyway, so now what you have here is you have a reference, which is like your green arc, where you're expecting the data to be. Yes, we desire zero. I know we do, but let's try to pull ourselves away from that. That's not realistic or possible to have zero. So we set the green arc at what is considered normal or normal state. And then we now have an alert level, uh, which is higher or lower than the green arc, depending on what you're measuring. And that is where we say something's going wrong something, the risk control is failing, the risk control is whatever, and it allows you to spark action. So now let's get into some of the verbiage that talks about sparking action. 
And when we look at the ICAO 9859 or AC120-92B or any other guidance in safety management, specifically safety performance monitoring and measurement based on ICAO guidance, it talks about investigation triggers. And investigation triggers are an absolutely an idea that you should implement into your organization. I've seen so many organizations that they want to investigate everything. Captain Steve fat-fingered the FMS, the aircraft, turned off course for five seconds, and they fixed it and turned it back on. They report that, and then they investigate it. Does that really need an investigation? Not according to the triggers. Now, now, let me make a clear distinction between an investigation, which is a very formal process and takes resources and time, versus an inquiry. So when you go to Captain Steve and say, uh, let me know what happened. What, what was going on? Did you have a bad day? Were you tired? What? And Captain Steve says, I don't know, man. I just had a, I had a brain flatulence. And you're like, okay. That's more of an inquiry. That's more asking questions, clarification, investigation. Obviously, is more formal, establishing the team, gathering all the data, triangulate the data, come to causal analysis, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. It's resource intensive. It takes time. And therefore, that's why ICAO and FAA do establish what's called investigation triggers. And these are the things that should trigger the so-called investigation. One, an accident or incident. Obviously. Obviously. Accident or incident. Two, a near miss. And what do we mean by near miss? That only an act of God prevented an accident from happening. Or in other, in other terms, the margins of safety were so greatly reduced that it was by sheer luck you didn't have an accident. Three, another investigation trigger, especially popular with the FAA, as you can imagine, regulatory infraction. Anytime that you bust a reg, specifically, the FAA is saying we need to do an investigation. And that's not uncommon for a regulatory agency. ICAO is in a regulatory agency. They provide standards. And they leave it up to the civil aviation authorities to develop the regs associated with the standards. And you have to understand that the FAA is a regulatory body and these regulations are actually risk controls, right? So in a lot of them, that's have been written in blood. So they're saying if you deviate from a risk control, um, i.e. regulation, then you need to investigate why. Why was that? And then the, the last one that's very interesting, is what's called an adverse trend. And that's where we land and come full circle back to our discussion, an adverse trend. How do you know if you have an adverse trend, and especially in monitoring? How do you know you have an adverse trend? I will tell you, when you cross into that alert level, that, my friends, <laughs> would be a really good sign of an adverse trend. And that's something you don't want. So when the data cross into the alert level, that should trigger an investigation, not just an inquiry, but an actual investigation. Let's look into it. Let's get the data. Let's get all the situations. Maybe let's look into each of the events that led to that transgression into the alert level. I don't know. But it is something more formal and it takes resources. And it's critical because we need to know why did the control go into that area. What is going on? Is it not working? Are people thinking it's dumb? It doesn't actually work on the front line? It doesn't jive with what they actually do? We don't know. And why do we want to know? Because now we can say, now we know how to fix it. Or we can try X, Y, or Z because A wasn't working. 
Now, this is a great time to establish an objective. So let's say you had data go into the alert level. You're like, holy smokes, this isn't good. So you do an investigation and now your data is way up four times more than what you want it to be. Now you can have an objective that basically states we want to return this data, whatever it be, back to at or below what the reference value was. And that now would become your target because you are expending resources, you're doing something, you're creating new programs to say, I want to get back there. And when you get back to your target, you could say, okay, now our target becomes the reference and now we're just going to continue to monitor. So you see how performance monitoring and performance measurement are like kissing cousins? It is very closely related and the two can go back and forth to each other. So what we started off talking about the alert level, we actually got into some other principles that I get excited about foaming at the mouth here, but I hope this makes sense. As always, if you have any questions at all, I'd be more than happy to answer them. Last self-serving remark, if you are a Baldwin client, look for this cool stuff to come very soon, and we'll put out an announcement. If you're not a Baldwin client, this is something you could easily implement into your tools that you have available to you. I'm assuming. I don't know all the tools out there, but it's something that you should implement. And with that, I guess I'm done. I can't say thank you enough, guys and gals for everything that you do out there, uh, for keeping the system safe, for fighting the good fight, for towing the line. Even when we're not the most popular people some of the times, we still get the job done. I know it can be frustrating. I know sometimes it can feel alone. You are not alone. We're all here for each other. But if you need anything at all, just contact me. If you like this podcast, go ahead and let us know in the reviews. If you don't like it, drop me a line. But we do want to be a valuable source for you. Love talking to you guys. Hope to see you in the next podcast. Until then, stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit BaldwinSMS.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program. Thank you.